Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And I'm Jeremy. And today we're talking about the best of 2023. We're at the end of the year. There's been so much content. There's just a lot. Or copyright strike, Chris. No, we can't say any more of that song. Well, this episode will feature our picks for the best in comics, movies, TV, animation, and a bunch of other categories that we might spitball as we go along. Really just going to be a fun conversation about the things that we loved this year. And, uh, oh man, it has been a stacked year for everything. Everything. Absolutely everything. like video games has been insane. Animation has been insane. Movies have been, I think, arguably movies have been the most manageable out of all of the media categories, I think. But it's been it's been yes. pretty nutty this year, all things considered. And it's been a really fun year for comic book keepers. We've gone weekly. You know, we've started doing a Patreon like there's there's been some really cool things that we've done. So a little pat on the back for ourselves, gentlemen, a little golf clap. There you go. Oh, yeah. That's a, a little round of applause for, for you, you know, guys. I think we should be proud. Pat on the backs for our Patreons as well, because they've stepped up and helped us out a ton. I am now using a, a mic that I'm very excited about. So, again, thank you to our patrons. If you would like extra content. From us, the comic book keepers, you can go ahead and go to patreon.com slash comic book keepers, sign up. It's five bucks a month. You get a whole bunch of extra content. We do giveaways. You get a sticker right away. You get access to all of our previous bagged and boarded Patreon exclusive show episodes. So if you would like to help support us even more, you can go ahead and head over to our Patreon. Or you can just leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast streaming platform. It would greatly help the visibility of our show word and you might win some stuff if you join the patreon too yes i I send lots of things out to people many a thing (laughs) lance is a very generous (laughs) and benevolent podcast host (laughs) i'm not i'm too busy (laughs) well we've made some really cool friends in this community that have given me awesome things for us to give away shout out to aemon winkle for giving us oh, that yeah. incredible that piece is wild, vampire like that. Batman. Oh Jeez. my gosh. I, I wanted to keep it, uh, but it is now in the safe hands of Guido from Dear Watchers podcast. He won that giveaway because he is one of our patrons. I'm very excited Fair. about that. He already showed me where in his art portfolio it is. Uh, so it is, nice. it is loved. He even cut out the Batman Dracula that Eamon sketched on the package material for the the package itself so it's super cool well fellas this episode is going to just be a lot of fun conversations about what we loved so is there a particular area that you two would like to start uh chris i'm gonna let you go first Mm. i got something in mind but i'm gonna let you go first because you know i'm because we, we don't want to like open that. up with just talking about manga, like because I know that's yeah. What you're gonna How dare so, you? <laughs> How dare you, sir? So uh, what I Jeremy in your manga? <laughs> so angry. You have a problem, sir. I'm gonna I'm uh, gonna bring more of that into this podcast. Just wait. Yeah. Um, well, I, I I think one thing I want to start with to get out of the way is the things that we're most excited about reading that we got this year. Because I know we all got a lot of comics this year at Comic Con, at WonderCon, at 
you know, from friends buying it ourselves, you know, that kind of thing. And and I definitely have a big old stack. I definitely have a few things that I'm like, I can't wait to read this, but it's just in due time. One of the things I'm really excited about reading is American Vampire by Scott Snyder, Raphael Albuquerque, I think. No, Albuquerque. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to say your last name. And Stephen King, um, I, mm-hmm. that guy. And I'm really excited about reading this. I picked up uh, hardcover editions of the first two collections. And they look amazing. And uh, we, we were going to talk about them in around Halloween, but didn't get to it for one reason or another. So I'm just looking forward to delving into that. And also Wicked in the Divine. Um, I, I got a couple of issues of that. And I've been one. You haven't read Wicked in the Divine? No, I, I, it's oh one of those things that's like, it's like, it's really in depth and I wanted to give it some, you know, I oh. wanted to give it like time and Hey, I'm going to no, go. I'm excited a, for you. I, I'm, I'm really for you. looking forward friend of to the it. show, Kieran Gillen, and you haven't read I've their read, work. I've read a lot of other <laughs> Kieran Gillen stuff that we've yeah, had to read yeah. and, and, and I like it. So it's, it's one of those things I want to give it. It's due. you know, like you ever have those comics where you're like, I want to give this. You know, I'm going to I'm going to sit down. I'm going to have a nice like cup of tea, like, a, like a shandy, chai. like a nice and cup of wine. I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to sit down in a comfortable place. The kids are somewhere else, not even like sure. occupied. They are like out of the house. Right. Sure. Or, sure. you know, for you, Jeremy, like your cats or your your like your dog. My dog. <laughs> your dog is occupied. Yes. You're not going to be your giant barking cat, Jeremy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Whatever that is. There's something wrong with that um, cat, honestly. Yeah. And you know everything is not going to distract you and you're just like I'm going to give this the respect that it's due and I'm going to yeah. sit down and read or play this game or whatever it is. You know, do you mm-hmm. ever have those moments where you're just like I want to you know, just try to like sneak it in there, you know, <laughs> and I want to like really spend a long time and like get, delve into it. That's what I want to do with like books like Wicked of the Divine. Yeah. You want to focus on your attention. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I have a few things that I've picked up this year uh, for sure. I think most recently I, I got the Nice House on the Lake hardcover collected edition, Jealous. which I started reading the first you know, probably the first half at the first six issues. And I really, really enjoy that story. And then I just kind of fell off from weekly reads and purchases because I bought a house. Uh, And so (laughs) my approach to collecting and the nature of my collection changed very drastically this year. That was a big change for me. But so, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to to diving back into that story and, and, and finishing it up. And also I, I, uh, I want to get I want to read the Book of Doom. Mm. I have this massive, wonderful tome. omnibus tome, yeah, uh, of of Doom. Honestly, Dr. Doom is just such a a really rich and interesting character, and there's so many amazing stories with Dr. Doom. Uh, and you know, Fantastic Four is not too far off in the MCU timeline, right? And so I just feel like it's a great time to acquaint myself more pro- more properly with the character and so that's uh an omni i'm definitely looking forward to digging my my teeth into uh in short order potentially over the break yeah solid choice i have so many books that i've picked up this year that i am extremely excited to read probably at the top of that list is hickman's fantastic four run 
Uh, one Dude. of our, yeah, I know. I am so excited to read it. Uh, our friend Nick from uh, None of Our Friends Like Comics is sent me, like, this wasn't even part of a trade. He just sent me the entire run because he had bought the Omnis for it. And there were just, he had all the trades. And I had mentioned to him that I was looking for him. He's like, oh, I have them all. Let me send them to you. He's like, oh, no, just pay shipping. And then he's like, oh, no, don't even worry about that. You don't need to do that. And so I, I just sent him a package. Uh, and again, thank you so much, Nick, for doing that. So very excited to read Hickman's Fantastic Four. I also am going to finally read through Saga. I've read the first couple issues, but I need to get through. I have the 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 Omni for it. So very excited about that. I'm literally just looking through all of the books that I've picked up this year. And there's so many that I still need to read uh, like criminal macabre, Pro probably two classics that I need to get into more that I just recently bought the trade paperbacks for is bone and Usagi oh, yeah. Jimbo. Yes. Mm -hmm. Those yeah. two, those two bone classics are, are big on my list. I, I just picked up a random volume of Usagi Ujimbo because I've been told so many times by different people that it doesn't matter where you start, just just read Usagi and you'll enjoy it. So I'm going to read this one, and then I am going to track down those original like uh, Fantagraphics uh, collected mm -hmm. editions to really read it from the beginning. But that's that's kind of what I'm excited to read. How about we have other ideas for certain categories to throw in, but let's get to one of our main categories. Let's start off with the best animated film of the year. And this is going to be specifically comic related, but there are other animated films that we can mention in here. And uh, I see in our notes that it is unanimous that we all chose Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse as our animated film of the year for yeah. very good reason. What a phenomenal visual feat. The, yeah. the fact that all of these artists worked so diligently and overworked and were underappreciated. Uh, they, one, we need better work situations for all of these animators because they're, they're getting the shaft with everything. Yeah. But despite all of the situation that was going on with the animators, they put out a product that was, was, that was absolutely stunning to watch. And the fact that so many people were caught off guard by it being a two-parter, that there being this huge cliffhanger was kind of hilarious because it was already announced as being a two-parter and people just forgot that when they changed the name from Listen, I understand one. that I am people in this sentence. Like, yes. I know that you're <laughs> using me <laughs> you as a first-hand experience. <laughs> you're, not, you're not being tricky here. I know you're making fun of me. And I forgot, okay? I forgot it's a trilogy. But yes, I it was amazing. I love this movie so much. And um, yeah, I, I absolutely think it, it deserved the big screen. I, I loved the twist of the slightly different variants uh, mm -hmm. that were in the theaters too, like people getting slightly different lines from different characters and things like that. Just absolutely. You sat down and your eyes just ate real good for like two hours. Um, so a fantastic I, movie. I do want to say, I, I agree. Spider-Man is my favorite, but I do want to give a shout out to Nimona, which was on Netflix. This was a movie that was adapted from a web comic and turned into a, a collected edition graphic novel by Andy Stevenson. And it was m like 90% done by Blue uh, Blue Sky Studios. And then uh, D Disney like acquired uh, the studios. 
and it stopped. And then like fans of the comic rallied and was like, please finish this movie. And so they hired them back. They finished the movie and then and then put it out on Netflix. And it it's actually really cool. It's a cool style. It's a cool like it was a fun movie. It's got a great 90s girl band soundtrack, but it's it's actually a really fun movie. Like I watched it with my kids and, and they were really into it. And I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. It's got it's got great animation. So, um, yeah, I, I just liked it because I was a web comic artist, you know, in the early 2000s. So I it was just kind of neat to be like, oh, this is a kind of a very small start, but it turned into this cool adaptation. And they're also doing a animated version of Lumberjanes, which is another mm. collected uh, graphic novel by Andy Stevenson. And that's going to be out yeah. on Netflix, I think next year. So I just, I, I just thought that was kind of cool. Like I, I like the little indie projects and stuff that start small. And it's cool to see like when creators like that get something that that's made. That's awesome. I, uh, I also have a, an asterisk on my, selection like i loved uh across the spider verse but um there are two movies that i haven't seen yet this year and, and chris is going to make fun of me because they're both anime films um but uh suzume and and uh boy in the heron, heron. Uh, i want to see boy in the heron too i'm yeah. i'm looking forward to it it looks I, amazing I, I i need to go see it uh i need to go see it like as soon as possible Miyazaki. because i've heard amazing things yeah it's it's uh a lot of I mean, Hayao Miyazaki has sort of teased his retirement like four different times at this point. He has more retirement announcements than, you know, uh, the, the return of Michael the Jordan endings. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it, but a lot of folks feel that this really does feel like a capstone work for for Miyazaki. And, and it's just fantastic. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. It may end up usurping uh uh spider-man uh for me personally but um because i haven't seen it yet i can't say that and i still absolutely enjoyed um spider-man a lot, a lot a, of people are saying it's between those two for the academy award too yeah yeah so we'll uh we'll see i mean it's oh gosh i can't wait i need to go see boy in there but anyway um those are just my little little add on yeah. there i think that rolls perfectly into the next category which is animated tv series which I think is the absolute most stacked category so we have this year. So before we even dive into any of them, I just want to list a few of these off. So we have Invincible season two this year. We had Scott Pilgrim takes off my adventures with Superman, Harley Quinn, blue eye, Samurai moon girl and devil dinosaur, uh, Pluto. Like there's been so many Vox incredible Machina. Vox Machina. Uh-huh. Vox Wait. Machina was in January. It was yeah. in January. Oh my yeah, gosh. January. January. Remember, Remember we did the watch party. Yeah, that's true. We we have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to animation right now, and which I don't think there's been a year where there's this been this 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 many number of solid animated shows to consume. Mm-hmm. I mean, for for me, my pick for for the year was Pluto, um, which is a more recent recent addition to Netflix, and this was based on Naoki Urasawa's uh, manga. Uh, from a number of years back, uh, it's basically placed in the uh, the world of um, Astro Boy. So it's placed in the world of Astro Boy. This sort of like uh, noir, sort of sci-fi thriller mystery, uh, and it is just oh, so good. Like eight hours of just absolutely beautiful animation, compelling questions about what it means to be a human versus a robot. 
uh, where those lines become ever more blurred in the sort of like futuristic world. Um, there's not a ton of action. Like I'll just put it out there right now. Like you're not going to go in there and see a bunch of like bombastic fights that you would see like in a typical, like shown in anime or something like that. But just in terms of like sheer storytelling, uh, phenomenal. Absolutely. That was, that was my pick, uh, for, for the past year. I still, I think that we had the same conversation for best of 2022 where it's like, oh, and Vox Machina. Cause it was like a year ago, <laughs> like it was the yeah. very beginning of the year. And same thing, like honorable mention goes to Vox Machina for me, probably because it's just, you know, bringing that adventure it really to yeah. it's super fun. I mean, and, and we get more of the dragon action this, this last season and the dragons look so much better. Like they look yeah, they way look more natural. Yeah. Pluto with, with Vox Machina, there, uh, kind of nipping at its heels were, were my picks. Nice. How about you, Chris? I'm going with Scott Pilgrim takes off. I think this was a, such a cool adaptation and, original work i mean like if you've seen the other stuff and i'm not i won't give anything away but like it's it's basically kind of a, a a sideways universe version of of what what we already know about scott pilgrim and like it's really it was a big risk and it was phenomenally you know executed um the style is amazing it's it's an anime version of scott pilgrim with all the voice cast from the movie and and kind of a different story with a little bit of the same story, but like different elements, lots of Easter eggs, great soundtrack. I mean, like everything I loved about the comic and the movie and everything, it just kind of it just made me giggle and laugh the whole time. I loved all the little, you know, expletives that kind of come up on the screen and just the little things like that. It's, it was just fun to watch. And the only reason I picked that over what I think Lance is going to pick is because that one's not done yet. So I I feel like that's, might take it over but but for me scott pilgrim was just such a fun you know uh, show altogether and i i think it was a huge twist of, of just like oh what you know like uh that, yeah. was, that was really cool yeah, yeah scott pilgrim takes off is incredibly ambitious but it does exactly what it set out to do and we'll leave it at that everybody mm -hmm. go watch it i would recommend either reading the the comic or watching the film before watching Scott program takes off because you'll appreciate what it does so much more. Uh, yeah. but yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. This was probably my runner up for, uh, this category. I do want to say just cause I'm making my choice based off of comic book related, uh, connections. So, yeah. but, but probably the best animated show that's going on right now is blue eye samurai. This show oh, yeah. blew me away. It, it is not good. only it is not only probably my favorite animated show of the year. It's probably one of my favorite uh, things I've consumed in any medium this entire year. It is a brilliant, heartbreaking, powerful story about a blue eye samurai living in Japan and the struggles that they go through and the ostracism and how they are kind of making their way on a story of revenge. And it is just so incredibly well done and written and animated. So if, if this was a, any animation, it would be blue eye samurai. But if we're, we're sticking to comics, of course, I'm going to say invincible season two. Anyone mm -hmm. listening to this show knows I love invincible and 
the the team just continues to I don't want to say improve on the source material, but there are changes that are being made that are very intriguing and engaging. And as someone yeah. that has already read the comic series, it's fun to see things change a little bit. Yeah. That it's way paced really uh, well. Yeah. The pacing is, is fantastic. So invincible season two, but I, I really also want to shout out my adventures with Superman. Yeah. This series is just such a heartwarming little family show. Like I've watched it with my wife and it's just so adorable and it has a like a really cool anime feet feel to it as well. Like when Superman changes, it's it's like this yes. Sailor Moon transformation yeah. style of anime. thing. Excellent. <laughs> feel it uh, pump into your veins. Yeah. Uh, but, Wait but then a again <laughs> yeah. but then again, we also have Harley Quinn, which has been one of the best shows, period, it's, on television. Yeah. It's it, a lot it's of fun. So it's so incredible that like the voice actors on that series are crushing it. So again. Most stacked category. We we can't gush about these shows enough. Everybody, go watch all of the ones we talked about because they're all amazing. Yeah. And um, at the end of the year, we're going to have What If Season 2. And I know it's probably not going to be better, but it's going to be fun. It, yeah. It, it, I mean, it looks really fun. I feel like before we go into our next category, I wanted to slide in because you were just gushing so passionately about uh, Blue Eye Samurai. And... It made me think about what I've been gushing about a lot on social media lately uh, and probably, uh, no, not probably, the best movie I saw this year, um, which was Godzilla Minus One. So um, good. Uh, you may have been seeing the hype online. Uh, this movie costs less than 15 million US dollars to make and has grossed $50 million so far. Um, it is. The hype is real. It is very, very real. Um, this is not just a very... <laughs> I am the a, hype. I am the hype. I am the hype. Vegeta, no. Okay. Um, but yes, I. it's it's an, a fantastic film. It has compelling human narratives. It has like fantastic historical roots. Like, Of course, I'm a bit biased because uh, I got my uh, master's degree in Japanese history. I wrote my thesis on post-World War II Okinawa, and this just happens to take place in post-World War II Japan. Um, so the setting resonated with me on a deeper level. But that being said, it is just so, so good. The like You will not believe that Godzilla is full CGI. You will not believe that the water is all CGI. Like spectacular go and see it they're they're running it longer in the theaters they're running it for like another like week and a half two weeks go and see this movie on the biggest screen you ha can with the best audio that you can best movie of the year whole thing just yeah. go godzilla minus one is a triumph of a film this is a this is a movie that like Foreign films don't last in theaters for very long in the United States because people don't like to read subtitles. This was only going to be in theaters for like a week and a half. And it got so much attention that it got a wider release and an extended runtime in theaters. This movie is easily the, the best kaiju style film I've ever seen with the, the best human storyline involved. It It is... Like human storylines are always kind of like pushed to the side because they're non-important 
to the story yeah. of the monster. You want to watch the kaiju break stuff. You don't want to yeah. watch human stuff. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because those movies don't include a human story. It's the fact that all the attention gets put towards the monsters or the mechs when when you have this style of movie. And the human storyline usually is horrible, a.k.a. Transformers most of the time. But this film makes you care so much about the humans involved that their storyline is just as intriguing as watching Godzilla destroy the the city. So I again, I will also echo everything Jeremy said. Go see Godzilla Minus One in the best theater you possibly can. It is so well worth your time because, wow, easily one of the best movies of the year. Cool. All right. All right. Well, there you go. Now we can move on to another category. <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's go ahead and go to uh, Marvel TV show live action. So what has been our favorite Marvel series that has come out this year? It, it's not too hard to answer this. I mean, Lance and I both picked the same thing, which is Loki season two. It took the premise of the first season and everything that it set up and it just like jumbled it together with a lot of really fun characters and some new characters and a confusing, but really satisfying premise. And, and it, it, probably one of the most satisfying endings of a show uh, for a Marvel show um, for sure. And, and one of my favorite shows of the year to watch. Um, yeah, it was, it was really cool just from a sci-fi standpoint. It, it was, it was really, really fun. Yeah, it, Loki season two was incredible. And I I really enjoyed Loki season one. I was a little let down by the finale of it. But season two absolutely made up for any issues that I had with the series. The The ending, like we talked about in our recap, is it's so important for the MCU moving forward that Loki has taken his place where he truly needs to be uh, for his character development as well as what the MCU needs moving forward as well because it it opens the gates for any possibility that's really going to be going on for them moving forward so not much else to say go watch loki season two if you haven't already the final couple episodes are so like doctor who yeah related i loved <laughs> it it's so much fun and then also like just shout out doctor who is back david Tennant is the doctor again for these three uh issue special Specials, that's kind of going yeah. on on disney plus right now it's been so much fun him and dr donna again so but that's very tangential. So if you go ahead, watch season two of Loki. Uh, both of you kind of moving into the next obvious category is DC TV. So again, live action. Neither of you have watched any DC live action. But the, the only thing the only thing I watched was a couple of episodes of uh, Titans, the last season of Titans, but I didn't finish it. And I felt like that wasn't a fair you know, assessment of everything that's been put out there. I, I hear some of Lois and Clark was okay, but you know, I didn't see, and I didn't watch any of Doom Patrol. Yeah. I, I, I also not familiar with, with DC stuff going on again. Like if, if I was going to put energy into catching up on like comic book TV shows, I feel like I would start back in the yesteryear of the MCU catalog that I have yet to watch. So <laughs> Well, then I'll give my answer, and that's Doom Patrol. Uh, the series is ending, and it has been one of the most beautifully strange, chaotic messes of a show, and I love it so much. I love when comics get weird, and 
Doom Patrol has truly taken the feel of what this comic series is about and brought it to reality. And there, there are so many absolutely heartwarming moments in the series. There's chaos. It's crazy, but there is such a heart to this show there. There's one sequence where a character is like at a kind of like a, like a show and they start singing a song. Like there's musical stuff thrown in left and right, but the song that this character sings is so poignant and beautiful and the ending is heartbreaking. So if you haven't watched Doom Patrol, strongly recommend it. It is very adult. So not for kiddos, but if you are an adult, watch Doom Patrol. You will not regret it if you love weird stuff. It's so great. I didn't watch any of the Flash recently, but didn't that finish this year too? Like the Flash TV show? I don't show? know, but the the direction of that show was an absolute nightmare. So yeah. definitely wouldn't make <laughs> the best of. It is rough. That show... Yeah. Yeah, was rough near the end. I loved the beginning, the first few seasons. I loved the flash in like the first three seasons. And then it just kind of the quality dropped off. I don't know how Barry running looks worse in the final season than it did in the first season of it. I don't know. So yeah, yeah, they overcomplicated. They did a full circle and then came back around. Yeah. Yeah. It's is not good. Or they had like Gotham Knights. You know, that was another. I mean, there was a lot of shows that that they put out and it was like, oh, that happened. Um, yeah, DC, anything DC TV movie related had uh, a rough go of it this year. I feel yeah. like not not too great. Yeah. Well, we'll get to the DC movie in a second. We'll but get to let's, that. Fin- <laughs> let's finish out. Let's finish out TV. So this is going to be the independent live action TV series. So I'm I'm going to go ahead straight off the bat. I'm going Gen V. This is the spinoff from the boys. This show should not work it like <laughs> i love the boys but you're taking you're taking something that is not doesn't have like comic source material putting it in this world and just kind of seeing if it'll stick but oh my gosh it is again like how i said blue eye samurai was one of my favorite things in all media this year gen v is right up there on that list it is so well written the the visuals like this the same level of detail that you see in the boys is here and that is top tier that is the best looking superheroes look because when somebody is lasered in half it looks like someone's lasered in half <laughs> it's the same thing in this but again extremely adult do not let your children watch this one it is for you after they go to bed it revolves around a small group of heroes that are trying to find their path it perfectly weaves in characters that you know from the boys in brilliant ways instead of it just punching your face saying like, hey, remember this person from the boys? They're here now. Don't you like this? It, mm-hmm. it makes sense why they're there. And it's yeah. so brilliant. It is, I cannot express how smart this show is. And it leads directly into what we're going to see in the boys, the next season of the boys in season four. So definitely check it out if you are a fan of the boys. Yeah, I am still catching up on season three, and then I haven't watched Gen V yet, but I'm looking forward to it. So you're going to love it. It's on my list. But um, that being said, I did want to my pick is American Born Chinese, which is an adaptation of the amazing graphic novel series by Gene Yang. And I I just think I I think it was really cool that they made an adaptation of this. Um, The Disney Plus published it. Um, I, I wish it had gotten some more hype and attention because 
it's got a great cast. It's got a really cool style. The book is amazing. And um, so, yeah, I, that's that's my pick. I, I it, it, It's always kind of nice to see something like that get an adaptation. Uh, my my pick is One Piece uh, on Netflix. So uh, adapted from the world famous manga uh, by Ichiro Oda. Part of the reason why I put this on the list was because the expectations were like astronomical for this. Like yeah. this is such a beloved franchise for so many anime and manga fans. Like the, the, you know, the, the expectations were just through the roof. You know, Oda stayed very close to production, you know, handpicked pretty much all of the core cast members and ultimately delivered something that had the sort of scale and, what's the word that I'm looking for? Just sort of like magic of the original pirates of the Caribbean, but with infused with like this silliness of the one piece world, but in a way that like, they don't, they don't shine a spotlight on it. Like there's an admiral walking around with like a dog hat on and a guy dressed up like a rat and like, nobody says anything like, it's just like, this is just how the world is. And that and there wasn't any like really cheap like puns or like any sort of like that sort of self-reflective like oh we're in a silly world aren't we like it, and in that way it simultaneously embraced you know all the sort of like kooky elements of one piece and also grounded it and made it more serious so that you could enjoy the narratives around each of these, you know, core crew members in Luffy wanting to be king of the uh, pirates and then Nami wanting to make the map of the world and like all of these core crew members with their very lofty goals. Uh, it really helped to kind of ground that. And honestly, some really great fight choreography uh, and surprisingly decent CGI for, yes. you know, what they were going to do with like Luffy and, and his rubber powers. Like it could have been so bad. And <laughs> It's still delivered. Like I marathoned this thing. I binged this thing. Like it was just a blast. It was a great journey. And I actually went back and watched a few episodes again with um, with Japanese audio and English subtitles because the original Japanese voice actors provide the dub, which is oh, that's super so fun. Cool. Yeah. So like if you didn't know that, if you haven't gone back and like watched it in Japanese on Netflix, you definitely should because all of the original voice actors do the dub for the Japanese, which is fantastic. Um yeah. Cool. But yeah, One Piece was amazing. Had a great time with it. And Lance, I know you you also had fun with it too. Yeah, I absolutely loved One Piece. And it like you mentioned, it there's so many ways this could have gone wrong, but wow, like the visuals were spot on. The the characters felt so like true to form, but also a, a proper adaptation of what you can do with them in live action. I think they knocked it out of the park with the casting. I think yeah. like the child no, actors, like the child, honestly, actors, the child well, actors were crazy good. Like all of them, like playing their younger selves and like the backstories, yeah. like insane. Like yeah. it was just great. Uh, the set pieces too, like don't get me started. Like the sets looked so good. Yeah. Like, so vibrant. They, they definitely put their heart into this, production and it shows i think like the actress they got for nami is incredible zoro was just absolutely brilliant and then is it but what's his name buggy or yeah buggy the clown yeah buggy yeah the clown that actor knocked out of the park 
so oh my good. gosh. And, and I want to see him as Joker now. He's, he's so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah, he absolutely crushed it. Uh, but yeah, I think One Piece definitely deserves to be mentioned on this list. It is. Be- oh, it's so good. It's so much fun. It should have failed miserably, but it crushed it. And I cannot wait for all of the seasons that have been announced now. Love it. All right. Let's go ahead and move over to a pretty, I feel like pretty easy category for us to talk about right now. And that's Marvel films. We all have the same movie again, but I think we should. Yep. There's three choices. There's three choices. Chris, <laughs> how about you? How about you bring up the three choices? Okay. So the first choice was Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. Then we have Guardians 3 and we finally have the Marvels. Uh, we talked about the Marvels in, in one of our uh, recent episodes it is not a bad film. It, it had a bad reception, unfortunately. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, I think we all kind of enjoyed. Wasn't the strongest in some areas, but there was there's some a bad aftertaste, let's say, with with that project um, in some ways, uh, even though it, it introduces some really cool concepts and characters. But, you know, it, did, it just didn't take off. So that leaves not by default because it really earned it. Uh, the amazing execution of the third Guardians film, as I think all of us picked this for our favorite Marvel movie, I should say. But it it's because I think James Gunn did such a great job pulling these characters out and amazing fight sequences. I still think about that hallway, like one yeah. take sequence towards the end. Some really fun, just space, you know, universe building things and, and a great send off to the characters and kind of setting up things for future guardians whether we'll see them or not who knows but yeah i mean he definitely loves the characters and this is after you know we all knew that james gunn is taking over dc but like he could have just phoned it in like contractually he genuinely you know you could see in the in the execution and and all of the actors and characters like really were like we want to make this special and and i liked it better than the second one i don't know if i liked it better than the first one but but it was definitely um it was definitely a lot of fun. I agree 100%. I believe that this is the best Guardians film in the trilogy. Um, and the reason why is because it is no small feat to end a story. You can start a million stories. Yeah. But ending one well is exceedingly hard. Pulling off a trilogy in comic book movies is is 100%, difficult, right? Like that's that's very very difficult. And so, like, I was very very impressed by this film and Gunn's ability to deliver some incredible character arcs. Like Nebula has mm-hmm. like two like two or three scenes in that movie where you're just like it just she just rips your heart out. And it's like, and you emotional damage, damage, emotional damage. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, just everything with rocket, rocket, everything. I mean, honestly, (laughs) and and you feel for, you feel for star Lord and, and Gamora is just like, come on, you know, like it's everything, every, like he laid Uh, such a powerful foundation of these characters. Right. And it starts with the first movie. Don't get me wrong. And like, and, and, I think it just speaks again to the overall strength of the franchise, honestly, within the MCU as a whole, like guardians as a franchise within the MCU arguably is Mm -hmm. aside from, you know, I think Spider-Man, like one of the strongest ones. Um, And so 
yeah, I mean, it was just uh, just a superb movie. Like, I I really really enjoyed um, Guardians three, and it's kind of funny. I feel like you were saying he could like contractually sort of phone it in. I saw it as like the opposite. Like, I saw it as I'm heading out to DC. I'm going to show all these Marvel fans what they're what they're going to be missing and why they need to come over and check out what I'm going to be doing at DC yeah, next. That's like that's true. This yeah. is me. This is my yeah my love letter or my appeal or my pitch to the Marvel fans to say, Hey, I'm going to head over to DC. I'm going to build some great stories over there. Um, like with Superman legacy mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and if you, and if you like this, come check out DC stuff. So um, yeah, yeah. I, it makes me excited for the future of DC to be honest, more than, more than anything else, but superb. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. Guardians did such a great job with all the characters, but truly with rocket like rocket and gamora were the standouts of that film for me just the because obviously this is rocket's story and it's like it says in the film it's always been rocket's story throughout throughout the trilogy really um i still enjoy the first film more i th- i think that is top tier mcu comic book film period but this this movie is a feat it it did such a great job and has set up some characters for very interesting returns and trajectories within the MCU. So very excited to see where everything goes. Next up, we have uh, DC Films, and we're recording this on December 11th, so we have not been able to watch Aquaman yet, so it is not included in this list, so there's a little bit of an asterisk here. Uh, The other films that we had were The Flash and Blue Beetle. It's Blue Beetle. I... Much preferred <laughs> Blue Beetle to The Flash. I don't want to talk about The Flash anymore. Wait, and and Shazam Fury of the Gods. Yeah, we also had did? Shazam. Yeah. Shazam yeah. Fury of the Gods yeah. was this year, man. Oh, my gosh. It was earlier How many this years year. has this year been? But <laughs> but regardless, Blue Beetle was the yeah. standout uh, movie for representation, for execution, for the costume alone. That costume. Um, Crushed it. It was just so for the good. family dynamic. It was really fun. It was just a really fun take. I think it opened up. I mean, my son is like obsessed with Blue Beetle now, you know, and this is a character that not a lot of people knew. I mean, outside of maybe watching some cartoons, but it's it was really a fun movie. You know, it had some faults. Yeah, yeah. But, plenty but, of faults. And again, I mean, but you can see like the the cast and the crew and the writers like really liked what they were doing they were trying to make something fun they were just you know letting it all out and and uh from the production design to the music and everything it's just it was kind of like it held its own identity i think was what was really important whereas (laughs) the flash (laughs) did not have any identity it was kind of all over the place and it just Uh, muddled and everything so yeah uh, don't get me started it's kind of amazing how the flash actively harmed like multiple movies in a way like within the same movie like like (laughs) you know like like wonder woman like gal gadot's like cameo and just presence in that movie like granted she didn't do herself a ton of favors in shazam either but like you know like it's sort of like you you can kind of feel in that opening scene god help me that opening scene but like like the stale the staleness between the dynamic of 
Batman and Wonder Woman and Flash. And like you just sort of feel like like you walked into like a like a fight, like you just walked into an argument and it feels like super awkward and you're like not sure what's happening. And it's just (laughs) it doesn't make you excited to see anything else from any of those characters. You're just like, I don't know. And then there were like one or two okay moments in flash um i think michael keaton was the best part of the movie what they did with michael keaton not the best but i i would say that supergirl is the best part of that movie i loved the actress as supergirl in flash yeah no oh yeah she was great yeah the supergirl was was a fantastic uh fantastic pick um but anyways yeah flash was a hot disaster i would um, say the the cgi and the time vortex was my favorite no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> okay no more talk of flash i don't want to talk about flash anymore blue beetles are picked yes i don't want to deal with it do you do either do you, yeah do either of you have any uh kind of random random categories to talk about before we get into our favorite trade paperback or collected edition from oh yeah year? Um, uh, quick shout out to best video game adaptation from a comic book. It's got to go to Spider-Man 2. I have not even played this game. I've watched a lot of it. I have seen a lot of streams of it. It's just fun to watch. And that says something. I've played the other two games. I can't wait to play this game as soon as I get a PlayStation 5. And, and, I just uh, beat it. Oh, Last nice. Night, I just beat it yesterday. And cool. boy, oh, boy. Um, yeah yeah it it's a fantastic movie it's a fantastic movie <laughs> i mean <laughs> it is a fantastic I mean, movie i mean, that's I mean it would make a fantastic movie, movie. that's, really. that's I mean, a selling point game. for a game though when you finish a video <laughs> game and you feel like you have just watched a film that's a yeah. good selling point yeah right no but I'm, honestly like it, it was a fantastic game the narrative itself like the overall story you know could sit and i mentioned this a few times but like it could sit on the racks like it Mm. could be a really great limited series i think that would sell really well like the voice acting like yuri lowenthal did some amazing work as peter parker and yeah it's just a a fantastic game it's really a bummer it didn't take home any game awards but you know overall i think it it definitely insomniac delivered another fantastic uh marvel superhero game and it just makes me more excited for wolverine yeah, uh which will be cutting uh talk about that next year <laughs> yeah we'll yeah. talk about that and, next year and, and uh, they just announced a blade movie or a blade video game too blade game yeah. yeah yeah blade will be coming to i guess uh to xbox and stuff so so yeah i i think yeah spider-man 2 absolutely best best comic adaptation video game uh, i won't get into best of oh, best video game right now that'll be a separate thing go to geeklygrind.com you'll see what <laughs> video game of the year was shout out <laughs> to marvel it. snap I, i'm still playing marvel snap oh it's my a lot gosh nice nice fun times all right let's let's jump over to our favorite trade paperback or collected edition that came out this year so uh chris how about you start us off with this one Okay, I'll go with uh, Minor Threats by Pat Oswalt, Jordan Bloom, and Scott Hepburn. Uh, this was a book I was looking forward to getting. Got it at Comic-Con. We went to the Minor Threats panel. It was a lot of fun. Got it signed. Got a poster. This is a this is a book from Dark Horse. So shout out to Dark Horse for making it on the list. And uh, it's a really fun book, uh, a story about um, 
B-level, C-level sidekicks or like villains that you know, are just trying to make a name for themselves and struggling and it shows their home life and everything like that. Think think of it kind of like mystery men, but with villains. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like not the greatest. <laughs> and then they have all, and then they're basically trying to be like, hey, we need to take out this high level kind of Joker style villain. Imagine if Joker killed Robin and Batman went nuts and started killing everybody to find out where the Joker was. Apply that storyline to this. And then all of the minor Batman villains were like, we need to stop him and kill him. That's the plot of minor <laughs> threats. It's amazing. And it's funny because Patton Oswalt wrote it and it's yeah, it's really fun. Limited series, six issues. I, I had such a great time with it. Yeah, I still need to read it. I need to borrow it from you. Yes. All right, Jeremy, what is your choice? I picked Fall Sunrise Treasury Edition by Trad and Heather Moore. So this was a Doctor Strange limited run. Trad Moore did the art for uh, Donny Kate Silver Surfer Black uh, a while back. If you're unfamiliar with his art style, it is psychedelic and insane. And Trad decided to just pull out every single stop that there was for this book. Fall Sunrise is in in a tre- in the treasury edition, the oversized treasury edition, like every page just makes you like catch your breath. Like it is spectacular to see his work and these incredible splash pages in this deluxe oversized presentation and um the narrative itself i will say is it's a bit cerebral it's a bit kind of sticky and and you might not feel like you're necessarily following it 100 percent. not quite like you know silver surfer black i feel like is a bit more you know it gets a little hazy at the end with like overlapping like continuums and time circling and stuff and you know Time is a weird soup, you know, otherwise, you know, this story is a bit more particular in that way. However, you can just flip through and you'll still like at the end of it, you'll be like, yeah, I need to like take a nice long drink and and take it and smoke a cigarette because like it's just a really, really don't do that. (laughs) Don't smoke. Actually, smoking. Don't smoke. (laughs) Don't drink too much. We don't condone that. We don't condone that around here. Yeah. So Fall Sunrise is fantastic and i'm very glad that i have it on my shelf next to my silver surfer black treasury edition so yes i have fall sunrise signed by Tradbore. i hate you for that by the way <laughs> <so>. <laughs> uh i feel like i'm cheating with my pick for trade paperback because this was my choice for best comic of 2022 but it just so happens that the collected edition came out in 2023. And that is Do a Powerbomb from Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. This book is brilliant. It is so epic. You see how much love that Daniel has for wrestling. And he just throws this truly incredible story between father, daughter, loss of the mother, journey to fight in this tournament in order, wrestling tournament in order to bring their loved one back to life from this necromancer that runs this underworld tournament. And it's brilliant. The final page will leave you absolutely in tears, but feeling so happy 
at the same time. And if you are a fan of Daniel's other works, pay very close attention to the final page of Do a Powerbomb. And that's all I'm going to say. Uh, it's brilliant. If you have not read Do a Powerbomb, do yourself a favor and read the what was the best comic of 2022, but now collected in 2023 in this trade paperback format. I haven't Here. read it. You haven't read Do a Powerbomb? Nope. Dang. Dang. Oh, Chris. The disrespect. Daniel, uh, we're sorry. We've, I have we've no had, disrespect. I just we've had read Daniel it. on the show, Chris. You have to read everything. Okay. <laughs> you haven't read Saga. I don't want to hear it. We haven't had them on the show. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. uh, well, that brings us to our final category. We are talking best comic of 2023. Uh, Jeremy, how about you start us with this one? Yes, of course. Um, so my top comic of this year is City of Madness by Christian Ward. So this is a uh, fairly recent release, actually. Uh, a, uh, a, a fantastic Batman story that really... I, it, it incorporates so many awesome characters in a really unique and interesting way um, and just features some amazing writing and a very stark and engrossing visual style. So there are elements of the story that have been done before, but the way that they're all sort of like blended together makes for something fresh and interesting and just very, very cool. So uh, definitely looking forward to the next issue, which is arriving tomorrow. Yes. Well, as of this recording, it's arriving tomorrow, the 12th. Um, so looking forward to seeing more of that. And very close second for me, like right at, at its heels is Transformers by Daniel Warren Johnson. Transformers number one. I think that, you know, having a handle on such an iconic IP and creating a story that can bring in a new generation of fans is no small task. And Daniel Warren Johnson is doing a fantastic job of it. Um, issue three recently came out and <laughs> delivered some amazing pages and uh, sequences with, with Optimus kind of laying the beat down. And yeah, so Definitely very close second uh, with Transformers. Some some really great work happening there. But uh, those are my my picks for for this year. Yeah, I love Transformers. It's been so good. Uh, my runner up for best comic of the year is is Batman: City of Madness by Christian Ward. Uh, this book is brilliant, and the only reason it's not my pick is because the comic that I chose has two issues out so far, and this one only had the one. Uh, but I strongly suggest everyone go out and listen to the Oblivion Bar podcast episode with Christian Ward on. Uh, our friend Chris from the Oblivion Bar interviews uh, Christian, and it is such an interesting story and how Christian has had had this idea for Batman City of Madness for so long, and he just did art and posted it online. And it was this like Cthulhu style looking Batman that got really, it was just awesome. And then it got approved that he could actually do the story. So uh, go and listen to kind of the history of how this comic came to exist, as well as like the 
the inspirations for it. It's a great conversation between uh, Christian and Chris. So again, go check that out over at the Oblivion Bar podcast. My choice for comic of the year is Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees by Patrick Horvath. This story is essentially Richard Scarry's busy, busy town and Dexter fused together. It is the cute and cuddly animals of this town. Uh, And within there, there is a bear that is a serial killer and goes to a nearby town and kills and dismembers other animals and then returns to serve as an upstanding member of this smaller town population. And I don't want to give away the ending of the first issue, but what I just told you is not the surprise reveal for the comic. So I strongly recommend going and checking this book out. There's only two issues out so far, but it is such a great story and I cannot wait to see where it goes. Yep. It's going to get messy. Oh, real messy. It's going to get it's gonna get real messy man i you know it it's been you know i mentioned earlier in the podcast like my my collection has sort of uh, you know evolved this year and so you know i haven't really had a chance to read as many new stories off of the shelves you know a few a few other ones that just kind of stand out uh hickman's new gods that had come out um that was uh or maybe it's just called gods yeah Gods. gods Gods, yeah. Um, G-O-D-S. Which, <laughs> G-O-D-S, yeah, which I read the the first issue of and really enjoyed as well. Um, and, you know, so there's just a lot going on. There's There are a lot of really great comics out there. And so, you know, we talk about Beneath the Trees So Nobody Sees. Um, also been really enjoying that one. I actually got Horvath to sign uh, the first copy when I ran up to uh, L.A. Comic Con uh, last week. Um, and you got yeah, to pick so, up the con exclusive cover. Yes, the fancy one. Um, but yeah, it was all uh, all really, really good stuff. And getting Scotty Young to sign a, a Mega Man cover that I had of a very a, a early cover that Scotty did many moons ago. Um, but in any case, it's been a great year for comics. And just shout out and kudos to anybody listening who put out a comic this year. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> Making comics it's is hard. Really hard. Yeah, it's you know? really hard. It's very, yeah. very difficult. So. All right, Chris, round us out. Who's your okay. who's your choice? I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit off the off script a little bit because I know what I wrote down. But since I wrote that down and since we talked about it for another podcast, I've done some reading and done some research, and I'm gonna change my answer. So my my runner up was World's Finest Superman Batman by Mark Wade and Dan Mora. And that was my pick. But since then, I've read a little bit more of of X-Men and the Hellfire Gala. And that's my the X-Men book is my is my comic of the year, not to be very cliche because I'm a big X-Men fan. But but it's it's a great time to be an it's a it's a great time to be an X-Men reader. And this is the culmination of years of Jonathan Hickman's run and. It's it's very satisfying to see all of this like tragic stuff and very high stakes events happen. And the Hellfire Gala was it's just it's so drama and and, you know, it's so X-Men. It's uh, it's it's just like perfect storytelling with these characters. And and of course, 
Charles messes everything up and, you know, like, and, and just, and the status quo changes and Emma's trying to save them. And, you know, like there's a lot of like intrigue and people going undercover and, and uh, just, it's, it's really fun just to see the mutants having like this resurgence and the status quo of, of their existence. Um, Like it's unlike any kind of X-Men story, but it's, it's been really, really awesome to see how it's all kind of come together in the fall of X and everything like that. So uh, that's my comic of the year for sure. But world's finest is a really fun book. I mean, like it's, it's super fun. Batman, Superman. I definitely recommend that. It it requires a lot less, um, you know, prep work for getting into all the X-Men books. Uh, but if you want something really satisfying and beefy, like just go get everything that Hickman's done with X-Men. It's 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 awesome. I, I'm a big fan of Hickman and his work on X-Men is superb. Yeah, I although I will say my favorite illustrated book, my favorite art is the Wonder Woman Historia from Black Label from DC's Black Label. I think that the art in that is awesome. Like it's just celebrating its style and its time and its uh, source material and everything like that. And I, I think that's where they're pulling a lot of ideas from for this upcoming Amazon's TV adaptation and everything like that. So um, the art in Wonder Woman Historia is is really cool. Did that come out this year? Yeah, the beginning you... of the year. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel like everything that came out in the beginning of the year feels like years and years yeah. ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs> like, I still don't believe you guys of Vox Machina, that second season <laughs> came out at the beginning of the year. I don't believe you. Well, yeah. well, fellas, we've been talking for over an hour here, and I think it's about time we wrap this up, but... If you want to hear us talk a little bit more about some other categories like our favorite books that we read or discovered this year, our things that we've acquired throughout the year, like our favorite comics that we've found, as well as some fun things we bought from conventions in general that aren't comic books, well, else? a few other things we're going to talk about. You can head over to our Patreon. We're going to do an extended uh, talk about these categories. We're going to talk about our goals for 2024 related to comic books. But we really just want to take this time to say how grateful we are for all of you listening because we truly appreciate you. We're very grateful for the friends that we've made this year because it's been a very, uh, it's been a huge year for us uh, like podcasting. And we are also sad that we have lost uh, some friends this year, with uh, mainly with, with Jesse passing away. And we, we just want to show that we, we are truly grateful for everyone that has been so supportive of us. And we hope you enjoy the show. Oh, and one last thing that we should mention is that this will be the final issue of the year. We are going to be taking a few weeks to spend with our friends and family because we have been working our butts off to get weekly episodes out for you. We have not missed a single Wednesday in Woo-hoo. over a year. So that's we a big have, deal. Yeah. Yeah. Woo-hoo. So we deserve a break. <laughs> but don't worry, Patreons, you're still going to be getting your bag board episodes, and we will see all of you in January. Yes. And this is a great time to go back and listen to those episodes that you missed. Go and, you know, listen to stuff from our back catalog. Leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or any of the uh, podcast listening apps that you 
check us out on and uh and you know drop us a line on social media let us know what characters or teams or topics that you want us to cover for next year in 2024 and i i've heard there was some chatter about yeah. possibly doing a bit more manga in the future. Well, it's and, time to close the book on our best. The, <laughs> issues, How so. dare you? <laughs> so until next time, this is Chris. And this is Lance. And Jeremy. Reminding you to keep your friends close. But your comic books closer. And your manga closer. <laughs> <laughs> 2023! <laughs> oh,